0: Hey there, hope you're doing well. Uh, this is uh, podcast number two in the series of uh, B2B sales podcast. So if you haven't checked the previous one out, I highly recommend you do so because I'm gonna pick up from where I left off, right? Um, so without further ado, let's get, uh, jump right in. I'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna pick uh, pick up from where we uh, we left off in the previous uh, podcast. So we drew this diagram. And again, I'm not going to the details, just, just to jump right in and, and move forward here. Uh, we went as far as mailboxes and I said, let's talk about mailboxes in subsequent podcast, right? So let's talk about it a little bit. When you're sending these emails out uh, to your prospects, uh, you're going to send them using mailboxes, right? Now, do you want to, let's say uh, you have a domain, right? For your product, like our domain is snowpal.com, right? A primary domain, if you will, uh, from a, at least from a B2C standpoint, Uh, For B2B, our APIs are on multiple API hubs, AWS Marketplace being uh, the most important of the hubs as far as we are concerned. So definitely go to AWS.snowpal.com to check out our APIs right on backends and services and our SaaS products. Now, uh, you don't want to use your primary domain for your sales emails. And here's why. Uh, You know, your emails, whether or not the emails you send, the sales emails end up in the Actual inboxes of your prospects uh, is almost anyone's guess, uh, but on a more serious note, you have to do a number of things to make sure not make sure to 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 increase the chances chances of those emails ending in your uh prospects inboxes. Right? Otherwise, it's not going to magically happen. Just remember that it's going to end up in. Spam and other places now, with all the recent changes that we are hearing without gmail and Outlook I'm going to crack down on this on the notion of uh, you know spam and other emails, unfortunately, even reaching out to a, a genuine prospect for selling a product that is going to actually help them be successful uh, you know, is going to be a challenge, just unfortunately because of all the phishing and other related emails, I believe as I understand it um, so life is not going to get any easier, but we'll live and learn as we go right, so email prospecting is only one way to do. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna actually flat out die in 2024, most likely not. So we're gonna to have to live and learn and see how, we're going to have to, how we should make those adjustments. Until then, wanna do your best to make sure, to not make, again, make sure it seems like 100%, there's no guarantees, obviously, to to increase, your, increase the chances of your emails landing in your prospects inboxes. How do you do that? You need to have a high email reputation. And what does it mean? What is email reputation, right? How do you build a reputation? Uh, how do you not hurt your existing reputation, right? So if you took our current product, B2C products, uh, we use uh, transactional emails. You know, when you sign up for service, using our tool for project management and, and a number of other things, uh, you need to get notified when, there's, there's, uh, when we send you reminders based on how you've configured it. Uh, when someone shares content with you on the platform, you get notified uh, either on the mobile app or on the web or bo- on both places, depending on your priorities and your configuration. Now, those emails need to end in your inboxes when when the emails do get sent out. The emails only get sent out based on how you've configured them for them to be. Uh, so it's not all the time. Otherwise, you know, we you, you rely on push notifications for mobile apps and so on and so forth. But when emails do get sent out, they need to actually be, uh, you know, uh, they need to end up in your inboxes, right? So those are transactional emails. Use uh, we use the, obviously the same domain snowpal for those transactional emails that's but you don't want to mess with that domain when you're sending sales emails because when you're prospecting if if you 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 know as, careful, as carefully as you prospect it happens that you end up sending emails and reaching out to folks who may not have an interest in what it is that you're offering either at this time or till end or till eternity right unfortunately but it's hard to know because you're going to do a fair bit of reach uh, you whether you cast a wide net by sending it to hundreds of thousands of people, or you send to the least number of people, you're going to have to send to a fair number of people before you find traction. That's just how it works, right? So you have to be careful because people are, you know, just like I get tens of emails uh, and, you know, I try to be respectful and say, please don't send it me again or unsubscribe, for instance. Uh, but there are times I get emails that are completely unrelated to, to the business we are in um so you end up unsubscribing to these emails right but the more unsubscribes that happen, the more it's going to hurt your reputation uh The more people mark if they mark your email as spam it's it's really bad, which is why you have to be really 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 careful in making sure you only send your emails to folks you think might have an interest right You feel like you looked at their product, the offering the business their role. And then you send, and even then there might be times you are uh, marked as spam, you're unsubscribed, you cannot help it. And you can look up the percentages, right? I think about, I wanna say from what I understand about 15% of B2B uh, emails, and uh, you know, uh, you can expect to get responses on like 15% of them or something like that, right? It's a very small number. It's, It's a very, very small number. Out of the 15%, again these are not uh, i mean i'm just giving you numbers that uh, that come to mind look up google to find out the actual numbers but this may or may not be completely off but i don't know that's the, at least that's my recollection of what those numbers were 15 to 20 percent is when what i read was the number of uh you know the, the response rate could be around that pretty low now that rate will become even lower if you actually uh don't uh you know prospect better right so you want to be careful as to how you prospect uh, that way, the number is, is a little bit higher than what the average or the median number is. And then people have an interest and not too many people are clicking unsubscribe or spam to hurt your reputation. So back to mailboxes. What are some of the things we want to jot down here? Let's actually uh, put a big heading called mailbox. Oops. how many minutes and okay Uh, mailboxes what are some of uh, let's maybe pick I don't know let's pick a slightly different shape here and put some of the words that come to mind Um, the first thing I said was Let's pick a different color. Use this one elsewhere. Okay. Some of the things: email reputation. You need to certainly build this. We'll see how we can do it. Uh, how many emails you can send? How you can increase the number of emails you send, and so on and so forth. But before that, I'm just going to call this emails. Maybe the right word, Um, I guess, that's fine. Um, Okay. Email reputation, the next one is gonna be mailboxes. So you're gonna have to, you know, get a different domain, at least two domains from what I'm told, uh, to send out these sales emails, right? Per salesperson. Now you have a sales uh, team that has a lot of, uh, number of sales engineers. Uh, then you probably need more mailboxes, right? At least two per sales uh, person is what I'm understanding it, right? So you get those mailboxes, uh, go to GoDaddy or one of those, you know, places to to just uh, get a couple of uh, new domains, and you you purchase emails uh, for those domains, and you start sending emails through the sales tools uh, tools using those emails. You can con- configure the mailboxes and the sales tools that you use. How many emails should get sent out, right? Questions like, um, let me actually, uh, right here maybe. How many emails per day in total? How many emails per mailbox per day? Um, How many emails per sequence? per day. So you'll have to come up with these numbers. You're gonna to have to play and figure out which ones work, what doesn't work, what's too few, what's too many. So there's a number of such decisions you're gonna to have to make, right? So let me go here. Still works more or less okay, but there's bugs. It has its fair share of bugs. Okay. Uh, those additions you made uh, make. Uh, you wanna start with a certain number of emails. Let's say you start with five emails a day, right? Uh, per mailbox, and then you can increase it as you go, but you wanna wait for the email, your uh, the mailbox, the, your email reputation has to be established first, right? Before it increases, it needs to be established. I don't know what it starts at, probably starts at somewhere close to zero. So you need to establish a reputation. So you create, purchase a domain, create a mailbox, Uh, send uh, you know like a hundred emails and you're going to be in big trouble it's all going to go to spam it go it ends up going to spam regardless even when it's a genuine email i've actually typed emails uh and you know literally typed every single line in an email and sent to people and it's uh i've been told because they respond to it after a few weeks and uh someone told me hey i'm sorry i didn't see this uh it was very nice and courteous of that prospect and i was just curious to learn and like what happened right i mean uh, and they told me that it was it landed in their uh, spam. They have coincidentally happened to notice it because they were looking for some other email, and uh, the person had asked them to look into spam, and then they spotted my my email, and then they responded t- to my email. Right. So that is an example of a very genuinely uh, written complete email that was not written using a sales tool. I actually sent the email from my client, and still ended up in in the spam folder. Unfortunately, right. So we have to deal with it as as folks who are in the business of actually selling, right? So, uh, what, uh, how do you, let's talk a little bit more about email reputation, right? What are some of the words that you have to Google basically? I believe it's SPF, DKIM, DMARC, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of these basically uh, play a role in email authentication and establishing your email credibility, a reputation of, of your email. So you can look this up. There's plenty of articles online. Folks have been really, uh, uh, you know, graceful enough, uh, gracious enough to to write it. Uh, So people like us, at least like me, who did not know enough about what all of this meant could actually learn from. So Google those terms and those protocols. Uh, The crux of it essentially is this, right? How does a tool or, or an email server determine whether it's a legit email? It needs to know that it's coming from a credible authorized sender and the email was not uh, modified in transit. Those are some of the things that come to mind, but there's there's more to this uh, puzzle. So it, it tries to make those judgments saying, hey, is is this a valid domain? Uh, there's snowpal.com, is it a legit company? It sure is. Do they make brilliant products? Of course, but of course, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding that we make brilliant products. I'm just kidding that the, the email uh, provider, they are not going to find that out. Uh, they want to tell if the, your domain is legit, um, if if it's coming from a credible sender, uh, whatever else it needs to do to satisfy the requirements of these specifications and protocols, uh, like SPF, DKIM, DMARC, and so on. Um, it, the, the, the better you configure these things, the higher the chances of your emails ending in those inboxes, as simple as that. Now, again, do you need to know enough about these to, to write a thesis? I don't think so, right? It took us like a couple of hours if that probably not even there to, to satisfy these requirements and setting up because, you know, you're a legit company selling good products, uh, established, uh, you know, you're you're a good citizen as a company, right? If you know what I mean. So it, it takes no time to to go through the process and get it done. And a couple of hours later, if that, you're done. That doesn't mean just because you're a legit company, uh, you have an, you know, you're located in a, in a certain place and you're selling real things and everything is legit about you. Does that mean your reputation, reputation, email reputation is going to start at 100%? Not really, right? Because you're a brand new, it's a brand new domain. It's a brand new account, mailbox, brand new email. So you're going to have to build that reputation. And how do you build it? By sending emails. Uh, but but the emails have to land, uh, land in inboxes. So send few, very, very few, two emails a day, five emails a day, right? And then you work your way through. And there are tools that help you uh, warm your emails up. So if you're googling this, just look for uh, "warm warming email inboxes" or something along these lines, and you can learn more about it. Right? Uh, give it time, uh, so the email inboxes are warmed up, and so you know you can actually start sending sales emails. That's how I, I, I believe you're supposed to do it. Right? Now, even though you send only, we send very few emails when we even when we even do it. Yet, I've been told, like I mentioned the example repeatedly, that it does end in uh, uh, spam and uh, spam folders. That's the unfortunate reality. It is going to happen. I've asked a lot of salespeople who I respect, and they have not told me anything otherwise, right? They said, yep, you're going to have to account for it. So you send a bit more. uh, So you send, say, if you send 100 emails, 15 of them or 20 of them uh, show an interest, uh, and then some of them show, you know, I've seen it multiple times because these tools give you good insights into when the email was opened, how many times it was opened, and so on and so forth. So you figure out if there is an interest. Does that prospect have an interest? Now, I don't know how good or bad this data is that these tools are reporting, but what else can you do, right? You're, you are the mercy of these tools. Um, and then you uh, you figure which uh, email template worked. In the last podcast, we talked about templates and email a uh, little bit, right? We talked about, you know, you drafting emails and personalizing them. Uh, you do A/B testing to figure out which emails resonate better with your prospects and ICPs, like ideal customer profile. Uh, you know your prospects more so than some other emails. For instance, uh, you're gonna have to make those determinations, right? What what email works? Not. Let's let's actually pause for a moment and talk about uh, you know how how to draft those emails, right? Because that's anything but easy. easy. Trust me, right now. Let me actually create one more box here. I wish they had a lot more shapes, but uh, you know what, I'm gonna go with the shape I'm most comfortable with and just pick a different color. Okay, I believe we've not used, oh, we did use that color already. So I'm just gonna go with this one. Yep. Okay, uh, now let's talk about the verbiage, right? The language in those emails. Again, I'm talking very specifically emails uh, here. Uh, So email language. Um, So you have a template one, uh, first email, right? And then let's say you have a template two for the first email, and you can do some A B testing to figure out which one works. Does this one work better, or does the other one work better, right? So, let's say I'm gonna put an arrow here. Okay, can I? I'm going to make that arrow double-sided. Okay. Um, so you you write in the, the first version of what I wrote, trust me. I explained everything about every API we have. Uh, I think we had like six at the time. Now we have eight. Uh, but I explained all the six APIs. I provided links to, you know, like, uh, you know, aws.snopal.com uh, to uh, a lot of different Uh, you know, we have live products that run on our APIs, right? So I had links to those applications, uh, a number of different links, couple of attachments, uh, and the email looked pretty rich. Unfortunately, uh, when you have attachments and these links, there's a higher chance of them ending up in spam, in the spam folder. At least that's what I learned. Because, you know, phishing emails tend to have these links and attachments and whatnot. So unfortunately... Uh, You know, even genuine emails like the ones we send out end up, uh, you know, being subjected to that scrutiny and they end up in in the wrong inboxes and nobody gets to ever see it. So the first email was very detailed. It had all the information, like you could know a lot about our company, uh, but it didn't make sense. It ran into like three paragraphs, right? Who, I mean, my understanding is most people read, spend eight to 10 seconds. If that, if, if an email even ends up in their inbox, which again I've said many a times, it may or may not. And most of the times, unfortunately, it does not. Even if it does end in their inboxes, people spend about eight to 10 seconds, I understand, as I understand reading that email, which means how many lines are going to be able to read? Maybe three, four lines, give or take. So your email needs to have picked your prospect's interest within those first 8 to 10 seconds. Now, it's very challenging. If you time 8 to 10 seconds, right? Imagine, let's even do it at real time. I don't know. Uh, I think I might have like a, a, a timer app or something on my machine. Um, I Let me see. Let me, let's do a real life thing, right? So, I'm going to say 10 seconds here. Oops. I guess my tool doesn't let me enter like 10. Okay, I'm going to do a 10 second thing, right? Let's see how this thing works. Uh, I'm going to start the timer. Um, at the count of three, I'm going to count down from three. Uh, when you hit zero, I'm going to start pretending like I'm the email, right? I'm going to read this out and it might be a fun exercise. Oops, let me, let me, okay. Three, two, one, go. Hey Krish, uh, we are an API company uh, that provides backends as services uh, to help your team reduce time to market on your apps. And that's it, I'm only past. I was looking at that, I would have said that better than I did, except I was looking at the time all along, right? So let's try it one more time. So let's try it one more time. Three, two. One, go. Hey, Krish, we provide uh, APIs and backends as services to help teams reduce time to market for their applications. I'm already at the ninth second, right? Um, one more time, since the time was here, I'm a bit conscious, my apologies, but that was like 10 seconds. That is, and it took me 10 seconds, but when you're reading it, uh, I give, uh, you know, it, it's gonna be a little bit faster. You can actually read faster than, uh, you know, I, I can uh, speak that. So I think, I reckon you can read like three sentences maybe, right? I don't know, depending on the length of the sentence, right? Maybe maybe 30 words, if I have to put a number to it. Not more than that. That's what I'm trying to make an impression here, right? You got all of like 30, 35 words to make that impact. Uh, and if you think that's a lot of words, I suggest you just type it and then you realize how it's not that many words. Uh, especially Even if you're not someone like I, who actually is pretty verbose, as you can tell, uh, it's, it still takes a lot of effort. So the first email was very 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 long it had actually eight paragraphs right so let me write it down here let me put a line um let me draw a line here okay the first email had about four to five paragraphs you can imagine what the size was obviously that didn't make sense and i learned we learned it the hard way and then in the second email, we made it like two paragraphs. We thought, okay, you know what? We have uh, reduced the length of the paragraphs. I would say two smaller paragraphs, right? That, that didn't seem too bad. Uh, I mean, how bad can it be? It's two, two paragraphs after all, right? Uh, but as it turned out, that was one too many as well, right? The paragraphs were like four lines, five lines long. So fast forward, many, 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 many iterations later, I think it took us like about an eight hour session straight out to come up with the nth version where this is, may or may not be the perfect version, right? We won't have to keep going, but the version as we are at today. So let me give it a number. Let's call it the 30th version or something, right? The current version. The current version has about like 100 words maybe, a 100 words-ish. I think that's what I suspect it has. Uh, and to get to that point, it was a challenge, right? It was a big, big, big challenge because... You want to express what you have, what your company does truthfully, honestly, to the extent that it does it today. Um, but you also want to pick the curiosity of your reader. It needs to be interesting. It shouldn't be boring, but it should also express what you're trying to express. So when you put a combination of all of and it should work on mobile and on your uh, uh, you know, desktop client. Uh, because there are emails we had where... We had a signature with our qr code like one qr code or i don't know like one screen attachment uh it was not visible on a standard iphone size right so we had to actually reduce had to reduce the length of the email so the qr could also would also be visible not that they had to be but it just looked prettier if they were visible so we had to make all those adjustments and ultimately arrived at this this uh, beautiful current version which Tomorrow, I might think needs to be uh, we might think needs to be tweaked, which is, which is an ongoing, you know, uh, effort, right? But ultimately, we arrived at one which we like as of this th- as of the time of this recording. Uh, as a team, we actually like that particular email. The way it's drafted, it's, it's specific. It talks about API. It talks about the value add we bring to the table. Uh, it speaks to uh, you know uh, why we doing it. Why uh, you know why the product would make you a significant different uh, to the success of our prospects, right? All of them within a hundred word, uh, you know, uh, draft. And also it needs to be interesting, right? What if it says all of this, but it's boring and it's laborious. I mean, nobody's going to want to read. There needs to be an element of attraction to those words and, and uh, to how they present themselves. Um, so that that's what it is, right? So you, Try out, do A-B testing, figure out which emails work, which ones don't work. And also let me tell you, a given email that works in a particular geography, in a, to a particular demographic, to a particular uh, group of people in society that work in, uh, uh, in a certain industry may not work at all for somebody else who's in a different industry in different part of the world. So if you drafted that one perfectly beautiful email and thought your job was done, I'm sorry, my friend, it's not done, right? For, uh, we have multiple products in our ecosystem. We have like APIs, we have web apps, mobile apps, Snowpile education. There's a number of different things We courses. We sell a number of different things, which means all our emails have to look different from each other. They have to look different from each other, yet they have to make that impression within the first couple of lines. Um, so that's enough about, I think that's a fair bit about emails, creating those emails, creating those templates. Uh, associating those templates with sequences, uh, and then trying out—you know—doing A/B testing to figure out which one works, which doesn't work. And then you can have a base template version, uh, but then before you send it, after you've done the due diligence about that prospect, you can make adjustments to the email so it speaks to that language, right? Now, if I got an email that said uh, that it was very generically worded, I'm probably not going to react to it. If it had some references to me and our company, I'm going to give it a second look. But what if it went further? It, you know, that. The the actual sender had uh, dug a little bit deeper, understood our APIs, the value add that it brought to the table, and then asked a more specific question, uh, or popped a question, or, or got me thinking. Then I would there's a much higher chance of me responding to that, uh, you know, salesperson uh, and hit reply, for instance, right? So that's where we want to get to, uh, but that's not an easy, you know, you have to cross the bridge. It's it's actually, you know, uh, it, it takes a while to get there. And, you know, I don't think you ever get there really, really, uh, because of the time, moment you get there, some things may have changed. The market could have changed. The dynamics could have changed. You know, uh, OpenAI has changed all our lives, right? So all of those things are going to play a role. Plus, you know, uh, maybe it worked for a group of prospects. Maybe it doesn't work for another group. And now you, f- you try to figure why. You cannot tell any differences, meaning they are situated in the same part of the world. They are in the same kind of business. So it should work, should have worked, for this group of uh, this cohort as well but then it did not so then you have to go and try to do that research you know try to ask why maybe maybe they, they are not in the business that you think they are in or maybe the way you worded the emails was was good for uh, uh, you know it, it, it helped you connect with some people and not everybody who knows what the answer is but you know uh, it depends on the problem depends on your reach depends on the tool depends on a plethora of factors, so it's up to us, each one of us, to figure out what works, what doesn't, in the context of what it is that we're selling, and those make those and then make those adjustments, right? The the short of it is, no matter how many tools there are, there is still a human element. The tools obviously help us be more productive, do less of what we don't have to do, which makes a lot of sense, right? They give us more reach, more scalability, but there is still, you know, two people using the same tool reaching out to the same prospect. Uh, are going to find that the results are different actually because they bring the human element into the picture and that nobody can take that away from any of us. Uh, at least that's what I believe. Um, so you're going to have to live and learn and hopefully uh, we all learn as uh, soon as later, right? That's uh, me talking about, you know, prospecting in the context of, you know, tools, sales tools and, uh, and we've got as far as mailboxes and emails and email reputation, SPF, DKIM, DMARC, uh, I didn't talk much about setting up these these records, the DNS records. But again, if you look up the examples, it's it's reasonably straightforward, right? Uh, uh, depending on which uh, the, you know DNS provider you're using, you can go there, their UI and user interface is going to look a little different. Uh, but then you're going to do what what you need to do to to ensure that these are set up. And once you set them up once, uh, you may have to revisit to make some adjustments because things always change. But I reckon you don't have to do it all that frequently, and you can focus. Your energies on finding the right prospects and going after your ICP. Um, I think we are uh, close to the half hour mark here. Um, I, this might be a good place to pause this podcast uh, and we'll pick up, we'll talk more in the subsequent ones. What other tools should we be using? Uh, email is one way to do it. What other ways can we possibly do the, the notion of prospecting? Uh, what works? Uh, what doesn't work? Uh, how do you use these other tools that I'm going to talk about in the subsequent podcast? There's a, there's plenty more to discuss here and we will take it slowly, but surely, you know, we'll just move along. Um, thanks for watching. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.